This podcast would like to acknowledge that whilst we come together today in an online setting from all over Australia, our feet are firmly planted on the beautiful Aboriginal land that unites us, with thanks to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders, both past, present and emerging. Yes, here we are, episode 15 of the MindFit podcast. The topic of discussion today is competition versus healthy challenge. Now, this is particularly based around men's work, leadership and coaches within this men's sphere because from my personal experience, there has been some very juxtapositions around competition and it's been ineffective. So I thought I'd bring on Jacob O'Neill, a man here in Australia where we would be viewed as competition, but both of us realize that we are abundance. We're both pointing in the same direction. So let's get into this because we debunk and show how healthy challenge is necessary for us men to grow. Let's get into it. Yo, here we are. Welcome to the MindFit Podcast. We should have hit record about 15 minutes ago because Jacob and I and Maddie were having some amazing discussions. And Jake, bro, uh, really, really, really stoked to have you in this position and I get to interview you, have you on our podcast because uh, you're a man like myself who's dedicated his life to men's work. And so it can be, and today's topic is competition versus healthy challenge. And so some people can see us as competition, but I know that you and I definitely don't because we've helped each other along the journeys and, hey man, how can I get past this problem and that problem? And, um, and, and we, I really feel that both of us, like a few other coaches that are holding um, high esteem within the men's work realm, we get it. And so what we want to do today is debunk this competition within men's work and just between men in general as well, but what we see in men's work, um, but also why challenge is important and why healthy challenge is important. But before we do, bro, we'd love for you to introduce yourself to our audience. Um, Mr. O'Neill, who are you, man? And what do you do on this planet? Yes, bro. Thanks for having me. My name's Jacob O'Neill. I'm a men's coach for the last four years. Uh, I'm a fucking big hearted human. I love, I love, love, I love men and yeah, the last four years have seen me coaching men full-time, one-on-one in group programs and running a lot of in-person workshops and retreats, which is uh, where my heart really is, is in the in-person uh, flesh flesh and blood stuff, bro. So that's what I've been doing for the last four years. And I also run a podcast with my partner. We do a lot of relationship work for, yeah. for younger couples that are looking for the techniques, the skills and the tools to take their relationships to the next level, bro. Beautiful. And I've had a really, uh, uh, the profound experience that I get to meet Meg, your now wife, bro. She wasn't your wife when I got to meet her and had big hugs at BV and everything. Yes. And yeah, you guys are a really beautiful power couple, man. And, um, and you're very humble with what you do as well because, uh, late last year you ran, uh, the gathering of men, which saw 150 men here in Australia gather, uh, in a men's retreat, rites of passage type work over three days, which was fucking phenomenal to see, man. Um, and yeah, I know that I just want to plant that seed, man, because I know that you're a very humble man, but you're doing some amazing things in the men's space. Thank you. Uh, so before we dive into this, I'd, I'd love for both of us just to uh, talk about our own description of what do we see or what do we feel competition is and that word, and then what uh, versus like healthy competition, because we could also say healthy, uh, so healthy challenge. So we could say like competition, it can be negative, could be positive, could be effective, ineffective. And then also challenge could be effective, ineffective. But the way we're looking at today is like the competition versus the healthy challenge. And so for you, man, uh, what do you feel is competition? And what do you feel is like healthy challenge? What's the differences? Competition at the end of the competition, there's a separate, there's separation. That's the way I see it. There's a winner and there's a loser. And then that goes up on the board. And there's a whole uh, 
the way I think of it, I think of it through sp- the lens of sport. At the start of the season, everyone's on zero. And then at the end of the season, we've got a whole list of who's the best and who's the worst. And for me, competition has that tendency to create separation between people at the end of its e- experience. Yeah. And I feel that that then gets applied. Competition then becomes the main way that we live in all areas of life. So I see people doing, and I also see this a lot in business. It's like, how do I get more for less? How do I win this business deal? How do I win this contract? How do I beat everyone else? So for me, when I feel, when I think about competition, it's really focusing on how do I become better than the external? Yeah, man. And then when we look at business too, uh, a, a lot of us men that are in business for ourselves, we're doing it for the sake of providing for our family. And so like there is this underlying thing of like, oh, I've got to be the best at it. I've got to make the most money. I have to have to have to X, Y, and Z so that I can provide for that. And so taking shortcuts, man, and then climbing over people. And so, yeah, I can definitely see that with competition. I know that I'm a very competitive person. And I, if like, if we, I remember with my childhood mates, we'd go play lawn bowls every now and again. But back then it was a, it was a part of our drinking culture. Go, go get on the piss and play a few ends of bowls. They didn't want to keep score, man. No. And it's just like, I want to keep score. Like, I, and just, and there was no trophy for anything. Just, it was, it was bragging rights. And so there was banter that was going to come with that. Um, and so some of my mates didn't like that. They didn't like that I was competitive. Though I enjoy having men around me that are competitive and that they want to win and they want to succeed. But exactly what you said, man, there's no separation is that we both understand that at the end of it, we're still mates. At the end of it, someone's got bragging rights. At the end of it, someone's better, but we're going to get to do it again. And I think that's where this other side of it is this healthy challenge. Because what I've seen is I played a high-level rugby league and what I saw is that Every year that I went to like representative teams, I played for Queensland and like the district to try and make the Queensland and I played halfback and I played hooker. I'd go to the carnivals and then I would look and I'd look at all the other halfbacks, all the other things. And sometimes the, in a year, these dudes got bigger or they were able to pass better. And so within that, it allowed me to look within myself and develop my game. Um, I think we're going to get t- talk about this a little bit, a uh, little bit more though. Yes, these uh, young men at the time were my competitors because we were trying to get in a position that was, like you're saying, on the scoreboard, the Australian team or the Kiwi team or the Queensland team. Yet, the way that I looked at it was like because they were succeeding, because they were achieving, what did I need to do to step up my game? And so it was like an inner journey. And so with, with yourself, man, when was your first memory? When can you first remember realizing that there was competition in this world? Um, was it an effective experience? Was it an ineffective experience? How was it for you? I was the worst sport in the fucking world. I, I've i been told from, I don't remember this, but I remember like I, I was a massive cricket fan as a kid. Yep. Like I love cricket. And if I got out, the game was over. <laughs> yes. I literally, I wouldn't, this was like six or seven apparently. I can't remember it, but apparently I was just a terrible sport. But I would, I, I would die. I would die to win. That was, I was very much, winning was everything. But I, uh, I had a really hectic experience around 10 years old. I had a lot of stuff happen. But one of those things was I threw a tantrum on the field playing for my school. And I was in grade six. I was school captain. In regards to all of the boxes on the piece of paper being ticked, I had everything. I was really just like, I felt like I was the, the best in the world. And 
I had this experience where none of my teammates wanted to win as much as me and we were losing and I didn't blow up at the other team. I blew up at all my teammates and I got, uh, I didn't have the right people in the right positions to kind of teach me about what had happened. I just had a whole lot of shame dumped on me. So my, my mom told me that I dishonored the family name. I'd call, you know, I'd embarrassed, you know, the entire family and we couldn't even walk down the street anymore because everyone would know that we, you know, that you'd done this. And I, uh, I had my school captaincy taken off me and I had to sit, sit down up the back for like, I think it was like for four weeks. I didn't get to go on lunch. I didn't get lunch. I had detention for four weeks and I had to get up and publicly apologize to the entire school for shaming, you know, the, the school name and our, our honor. And my fire got put out. I had no desire to compete after that. And there's a direct correlation in that time for me, bro, where I went from scoring goals, taking wickets, collecting scalps to not, I couldn't take a wicket. I couldn't get a run and I'd be fucked if I could score a goal on the soccer field. Nothing about me was, was I had zero killer instinct following that because I was terrified of what that would, if, if, I, if I lost my call again, how much pain that brought me. And so no one... Uh, within your uh, leadership team, as in mentors or guides. So no one sat you down and taught you about honour, about leadership and, and just say, hey, man, there's a more effective way. No one showed you that at all? Nah, man. And no one really told me that I was a leader. Like I wanted, I knew I was, but no one really told me the responsibility that I held. It's like, hey, when you go out to play, you're not just playing for yourself, man. You're playing on behalf of the school. You're playing on yep. behalf of your family. And I never really understood lineage. Um, that came much later, like in my late twenties. Yeah, but yeah, I I was a very imaginative child, and I was all, I've always been drawn to big vision stuff. I've never played a small, you know, the smallest game is the biggest game for me. You know, there's no there's no uh, difference. So I uh, I didn't realize, yeah, what I just knew that it was bad. If if I if I compete, bad things happen. Yeah, man, I see that also with a lot of kids that were big as 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 when say like 12 year old so when i played league there was a 12 year old boy he already had like i remember going to under i went to chinchilla great uh 12 year old boys i think it's grade seven darling dance team and a couple of the teams man these dudes had full-on beards like yours at 12 years old that were like massive and they were getting told to slow down to not go so hard, like diminishing, like you're saying, man, just collapsing that fire. And so they were like literally these giant men, even now, in uh, but they had these tiny little teddy bears, man, because that fire got put out. So I feel for the parents that are listening right now, because I definitely have a very, very, very passionate, um, fiery young breast, the eldest boy. He want, He's very athletic. And so I feel... Um, yeah, just from uh, Jacob's story here, just ensuring that we don't dim people's light, that we are, there's there's things, and this is something I definitely want to talk about is like values and boundaries and showing like these young adolescents, 10, 11 years old, man, of some parameters of where we get to play at so we can experience leadership. And like, yeah, um, like some, and, and this is the thing too, man, like, and we're both in men's work. Sometimes men need to be fucking bluntly told, like, hey, man, pull your fucking socks up, dude. Like, do not talk to a fucking woman like that. Hey, man, don't slag off about your wife like that. I don't want to hear that shit. Like, and to come at direct, but there's a time and place for it. And so we've been over our years of working and coaching and being coached and mentored, but we've learned these tools of when to implement and when to be forceful, when to have that father-like, hey, man, discipline and that motherly love and how to dance in between. And so with that, man, do you think that, 
competition is important? Do you think healthy challenge is important in our evolution as men? Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah, why, why is that? Why do you think it's uh, important? Because our this is something that I've really been stewing on, bro, and like, I have you to thank for a lot of my, my deeper inquiries that have come through when, when I did work with you initially back in a few years ago. For me, my worth is inherent. Like My worth is unchanging, but my value is what I'm able to deliver to the world. And how do I know what is valuable if I'm not actually like challenging myself in the arena? And then for competition is like, am I actually choosing to step into arenas where competition is occurring and then where I can step out of and step out of competition? So that's the thing. I feel a lot of guys are too scared to step into the arena and compete. And some guys treat every single moment of their life like the arena. Yes, yeah, that's what I've seen, man. The like the negative. I, I think it's really important. I, I deeply feel that um, healthy, like when it's healthy, where it's everyone knows the parameters, um, and that competition is is beautiful. I think that it, it can bring like through these adverse moments, and like if the competition wasn't there, we wouldn't push ourselves to go past the breaking point and like past what we think that we could do, um, whether it's physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Um, and like you said, being around people that have that same, that same health, the same values, the same ethos, I think that's very important as well. Um, something that I've learned within business was some people are driven by income rather than impact. And so I started to surround myself around some people that were, that was awesome, man. They, they were very, very successful in business, but it was very money driven. And then it just didn't sit right for me. It was just like, hey, man, income is going to come after the impact. Like you're saying, the value I get to deliver and the impact I get to create in these men's lives and their families' lives and their children's lives and their community's lives, that then the byproduct of that is going to be income. And so I had to be really vigilant of who I surround myself with. And I actually have, so I've actually got a call tomorrow with a dear brother. And I, him and I had a client relationship, um, relationship, but then we also developed a really deep friendship uh, from that. And he is one of the very few men on this planet that him and I can talk openly about numbers within our business because we both have had the discussion too, because we, after we talk about numbers and everything, we say, Hey, how many kids, how many, how many kids has all the fathers had? And so we know we keep track of how many, how many children that we, because we're helping men, how many children that is, how many partners is there, how many men are looking up for their, they're calling in the one out of the last year, man, how many of those men did call in their one? So we look at all of that impact, but we also talk really openly about our numbers as well, but it's over both of those parameters. I think that's, and it's really cool, man, because along the journey, like every sort of quarter, hey bro, where you at? And so we've got this nice competition, man. And then it's been beautiful for me is like, I remember, uh, this gentleman, I don't want to give his name away because I'm not sure if he openly wants me to talk about this, um, but he, um, he he gave me his quarter to one year and um, it was about 18 months ago. I was like, fuck, he's outdone me. And it was the first time he'd outdone me. So it was beautiful, man. It's like, fuck, I'm going to lift my game. Let's fucking go. And so there was this beautiful competition that allowed me to rise my game within business to another level. Um, though it was through that competition and that healthy challenge was that ignited and that spark that I needed. Um, and so I think we spoke about this offline, man, about there is times when this competition is healthy, like in this manner, and because I made it about myself. But I think there can be negative connotations. And so I'd love to ask you first, man, is like, what are the negative connotations that you feel that come with competition, especially uh, with men? I feel Australia, like in Australia, especially, man, like jealousy. Like that's the first thing that comes to mind. It's just like it comes down to like this idea that there's not enough to go around. Yes. Yeah. And 
I've seen this. Uh, this is pretty strong in my family too, man. Like it's so we had family Christmas and just the way that we, you know, some of my family hold judgment around successful people. And what I feel is like, I have a few friends too, where we, we sit down and we talk and we speak about numbers. We speak about impact. We speak about why, why the fuck are we doing any of this? What's the actual point? And like, sometimes it's, you know, I'm too focused on impact. And it's like, Hey, Jacob, are you, can you pay the bills? Look at, look at the fucking spreadsheet. And that's pretty confronting for me sometimes because I've been so focused on how I can, you know, get these guys to where I, I know they're capable of getting. And sometimes it's a, to, to my own detriment. So when it comes to like the negative connotations, I think that competition is very much, yeah, jealousy, which comes through comparison. But normally yep. it's from people who are looking up to the people who are doing better than them. And I've had a few clients come through, bro, in the last year that are fucking murdering me on paper. Absolutely yep. murdering me. And like some guys that are just kicking it in relationships, their business is thriving. They're about to go on like, you know, holidays, you know, got three or four holidays planned this year. They got a brand new car. They're living in a nice house. And I'm just like, this motherfucker, you're meant to be less than me. And I'm like, hang on, no, this guy's fucking killing it, man. This is what you wanted. Like, this is what, you know, let this inspire you. Yeah, I would say that for me, the biggest thing is je jealousy, which comes through comparison. And what I do, and this is this is probably my biggest uh, shadow, because I come from the country and I feel like I was disadvantaged because I didn't have all the privileges of the city kids who had access to everything. I'm like, oh, they just got that because their circumstances were better. They just yeah. got, they, you know, I used to do this when I'd go to the skate parks, you know, I'd see these little kids, oh, they, they're better than me because they've grown up at the, you know, at a town that had a skate park. Or these guys are better at surfing because they grew up near the beach. Or this guy's yeah. better than me because, 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 because. And I keep yeah, saying man. because, and it's just like, can't he just be fucking better than you, bro? Can't you let him be better and maybe ask him a question? So yeah. I think for me, the antidote to that jealousy and that comparison is curiosity. Yeah. And, and humbleness as well, man. And like what you're saying is, because um, uh, you know, I mentioned what I just spoke off air is, um, yeah, late last year you ran the gathering men, 150 men there. It was nuts all over social media. Every time I was open my, like, to do my posts, I don't really scroll. It's just like Jake's on there, Jake's on there. And I noticed, man, I noticed the competition start to rise. I'm like, but oh yeah, because I think you started marketing back in March. It's like eight months out. I was like, oh, you're 150 men. And then I started in within myself, like, oh, well, fuck it, we'll do 150 BV. And I started to think like that. And then it got closer, you guys did it. And I noticed within myself that comparison of like, oh, 150 men, there's all these people, there's men there that I knew and started getting these loops. And I'm like, man, okay, just chill the fuck out. It's like actually process what's going on because I understand that if I'm comparing to someone, there's some beauty in that. There's lessons in that. And like, be humble. Okay. Jake did something fucking amazing. That's really fucking cool. 150 men here in Australia. Fucking awesome. Is that something that I want to do? And then, like I said, like, like actually, I don't want to do 150 men. I like the small intimate group. And I'm like, well, fuck. Why, why am I drawn to this? Why am I comparing myself to what the gathering men was? And what I realized is that only reason I wanted to do that is so that I could be on social media and say that I gathered 150 men to get the pat on the back. And that made me realize, oh, bro. I'm not validating myself. I'm not actually patting myself on the back for all the work that I'm doing. So I looked and took inventory. We ran a retreat in March. And I didn't run, I think it was March or February, and didn't do anything else face to face until November. So it was like eight week, eight months, man, that I didn't do anything face to face. Much like you, that's where I want to be, man. The online space is COVID proof the business, 
And it also allows the uh, consistency and dedication to get long-lasting results for men. But that beautiful face-to-face, -face, we can take men in a different uh, place. So I realized, like, oh, man, that's why I was comparing to, to you. It's like because I, I hadn't done it for myself. You were there doing this thing that I wanted to do. But then I had to remind myself, where was I at in life? What was I doing? So we just bought a family home. We had five months of renovation. I needed that time and the space and capacity to look after my security at home and not go and do that thing. And so it's really interesting, man, because that comparing to others, that jealousy and coming from that place of lack, I really feel is uh, one of the negative connotations when we when we get caught in these loops of like competing against other people. The other thing that the other two pieces that I feel is relevant also is that um, when we're in a place of competition, so I'll talk about myself and my younger brother as well. So I got in a really sticky place several years ago with my brother, but I was I, I gave him all my power because I wanted to be successful because he, he's very successful successful business uh, businessman. He's a builder. Uh, he's four years younger than me. He qualified trading before he's eighteen. He's gone nuts, man. He the stuff that he builds is next level. He's like he's beyond his his years and time. He's got all the master build awards for Queensland. He's just like um, like all the trophies, you know, all the trophies and everything. And he he's wealthy, uh, like monetary wealth. And so is my father. And so the two, my biological father, so the two men in my life um, back seven years ago were more wealthy than what I was. And it's just like, man, so I gave them my power. So the only reason I wanted to be successful in business was to go fuck you to my brother and my dad. So I handed them all my power to them. And that was like, that was my driving force, man. And so I had to work really close with the psychologist to get through that and just like, hey, man, you don't need to beat your dad. You don't need to beat your brother. Um, and the other one, man, as I feel that the negative connotations is that when there's competition, like we've mentioned, and there's a you're chalking it up on the board, whether it's a business deal, whether it's a pay rise, whether it's 150 men in the gathering of men, um, whether it's the fucking table turn, whatever it is, man, is that when people step out of alignment of their values to win, I think that is the biggest one, man, where men go against their values. Um, so against their integrity, against their morals, against their beliefs, against what they know is right or wrong to climb over the top of people. I think that is where it really gets into a really sticky spot uh, internally. Have you noticed that, bro? Yeah, man. Yeah. Yep. It's, uh, it kind of breaks my heart because like one of the things that I, after, you know, just to sidetrack too, I love that story about you. my little brother's six years younger than me. He's a fucking builder. He's killing it. He's got cash stacked, bro. And it's just like this little yeah. cunt. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but at the same time, because I I stepped out of the, the team sports space when I was younger and I got into action sports, that it became, a, I started to challenge myself. Like it was all about me getting better. And there wasn't a lot of competitions around. So we didn't go to, we didn't compete. We just went to the skate park. We just built jumps and we got better. So what I probably overcompensated a little heavily where I went from being, I'm going to fucking slit your throat and fucking steal, you know, and kill you and destroy everything you've ever created. No one will ever know you existed to, yep. I'm going to celebrate you as much as I fucking can. And I think yep. that's like the, the wound that, that that's revealed some of my gold is that I'm, I'm a, I'm a celebrator. Like I celebrate people hard, but at the same time, I don't celebrate myself, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which man. is the issue for me is that like, uh, I haven't been able to like, like you said, stop and, and pat myself on the back, stop yeah. and actually like say, Hey, listen, Jacob, you're doing enough. Why do you think that is, man? Why do you feel that you can celebrate the people and not yourself? 
I think that I, a big part, and this is something that I've had to sit with many times, am I doing all this men's work because I don't feel good enough? Yep. That's like being, that's one of my, my scariest, I'm scared to like wake up one day and be like, Jacob, you're doing this because you don't feel good enough about yourself. So you need other people to tell you that you're the person that saved them. Dude, literally you are speaking exactly where I was three years ago. Um, so for those that don't know, I've got three children, um, breath, oak, and ocean. And so ocean is three in May. And so just, and my wife was pregnant, Minnie was pregnant with ocean. And so we had a big men's movement here, 500 men in the Conscious Men Brotherhood chapter of the Sunshine Coast. Same with you, man. It's like coaching one-on-one, running workshops, running three-day retreats, and life was really fucking maxed, like maxed as in like um, the first Two, three years of the kids coming, uh, being alive, the two boys, I burned out. So, man, I was on the couch for 10 to 12 days, three years in a row, just sleeping. And I had bloods and everything done. There was nothing wrong with me, man. Just burned the candle both ends. So, got to the point, my daughter's about to be born. And I'm like, fuck, I, I, I need help. And so, I was just really reactive with many in a relationship. So, I went and saw Darren Pence, a psychologist. And the beautiful thing with this gentleman is that he'd come from men work, men's work. So, he was ten, he's a decade in men's work. Um, I think it was like MKP and that kind of stuff. And then did his uh, bachelor's or master's and became a psychologist. So uh, after our first session, he comes up, he's like, bro, do you want a hug? I'm like, fuck, dude. He gave me a hug. He goes, cool. Next time you come, you, you can let all the walls down, bro. Let me hold you. You don't need to come in here and pretend to be someone you're not. Just come as Blaze. I'm like, fuck, awesome. Because I was stepping in as Blaze the facilitator. Yeah. And so, yeah, he did this process with me, man. So he goes, what do you got going on? And so everything I just mentioned, so I've got three kids, I've got the wife, I've got the CMB, I've got the retreats, I've got my one-on-one, I'm doing this and this, I put all that on the table. He's like, cool, man, let's throw it all in the air. And he just went, huh? And he goes, quick, fucking grab it. I'm like, fuck, the kids. And he goes, quick, grab another thing, you only got two hands. I'm like, fuck. And I went, the retreats. And then I was just like, fuck. And I just burst into tears, man, because like, where's my wife in all of that conversation? Like where I wasn't choosing her. I was just burning everything, man. Like what you were just saying, man, about how we're providing that business. I was doing everything for everyone, but I forget about the most important woman in my life other than myself is her. And so that's when I stepped away from CMB, man. And this is where I went through this, what you were mentioning. So I stepped away from this baby that I built, man, three years of free men's circles and, and all of this stuff with CMB. I'm going to travel to LA and do these workshops with press and all these people. It's like amazing. But what it was, it was it was feeding an identity, which was Blaze the facilitator or Blaze the coach, not just Blaze. And so what I realized when I stepped away is that all the, the validation stopped, like all the external validation. So all the, like we used to run the meetup at a coffee shop. So all the local people were there, all the messages I used to get from the people's wives and the, the kids and all this kind of stuff, seeing them in the street, all it fucking stopped. And so I hit this point, man, like, fuck, I'm not doing enough for humanity. And I started like literally believing that I wasn't good enough, that I wasn't doing enough. And that the only way that I could be value on this planet was to actually, I had to be giving a bit of service. And if I wasn't that, I wasn't enough. And it was this big realization, man. It's just like, holy fuck. And, and there's a lot of, there's three mentors of mine pointed to it. And everyone pointed to it, but I just couldn't fucking see it because it was a really hard pill to swallow to say that I was buying into an identity that was not really who I was. And then, so yeah, man. And then the, the, the culmination of all of that. So I had that realization. So that's when I started celebrating myself regularly. Uh, so every Friday, I sit down um, with, and I would lean into the men's team I was running. It's like we'd all celebrate ourselves, but it was mainly just for me. So I could celebrate myself openly. 
And then uh, we uh, another BV, blokes eventually come around. Day one, I got COVID. And it's just like, fuck. And I built BV as it was like, it was my thing. There's another baby, man. And learning about business and scalability, like you can't grow a business if you're the main person. Like, because if, if you're not there, how the fuck's it going to grow? And so it was really beautiful, man. And there's a couple of beautiful men that have come into the team and they, uh, before this BV, like, hey, man, you need to get documents and SOPs of like the outcomes of every single one of these processes. There's like 32 processes we had. So I made this massive big document and video about outcomes and everything like that. Didn't, and it's just, so long as there's the outcomes there, we can, it's so many different ways, you know, have many, there's many different ways we can skin a cat. So I had all these outcomes. So yeah, day one, COVID, um, couldn't, couldn't do it. And so openly said to the man, hey, I just got to sit on the sidelines. And there's this really beautiful moment, man. And you've been to the property. So everyone's having this big group photo. And Nelson, the videographer, everyone's there, all the facilitators. And here I am way off the side on this step and I could see it. The men didn't ask, all the participants didn't ask for me to come in. None of the facilitators asked for me to come in. The videographer didn't ask for me to come in. But here's this massive big group of 40, 44 men, man, having this beautiful photo. Here I am at the back witnessing all of that, but I'm witnessing the fucking, the joy and the love and the success within myself. And no one saw it. No one, just me and God, man. There's not on social media. There's no one patting my fucking back. It was just me, man. And that was that fucking like, ah, this is what it's about. Like this wholesome feeling in here of giving that I don't need anything. And this validation I get from just witnessing that, that's what it's all about, bro. Um, so yeah, man, everything you spoke about, I deeply, deeply know it was a fucking dark night of the soul journey to get to that realization. It's death, man. It's like, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling death. I'm feeling death at the moment. Like I... I'm, there's part of me, I've had a bit of like the last two, two weeks, we, we lost power here. We had family here for Christmas. We just had like eight days without power. Um, and I'm just sitting in this hot as fuck house and I'm just like, what the fuck's up? I'm like, oh, this is like death's knocking, man. Initiation's coming. Like something wants to be let go of. And I'm, I'm in a position now where like, I want to scale and grow and step into my next level of leadership. And that means I can't do things the way I've been doing them. Yeah. hundred percent, man. hundred percent. And, uh, like every, I've got a couple of close men that are uh, successful businessmen doing multi-million dollar businesses. And they've all said to me, as soon as I step back and fucking, and, and, and empowered everyone else to do their role, that's when everything took off. Like as soon as I got out of the road, man. And it's really interesting, bro, because when we do men's work, we're the sentiment at the start. So then how can we like build a team and trust a team and then hand the baby over to our team? Um, and so I think that, yeah, beautiful man and and like you just said like i'm really i fucking i can't wait to see what transpires for you man there's a few men you and a couple of men in particular that i really value within the men's work space because you you and these other gentlemen and myself we believe in abundance and you said something about this jealousy piece about the scarcity is not enough and so something that i've noticed is that um, some coaches, especially within men's work, they, they and this isn't just um, men right now. I see these women do this as well, but they hang on to everything. Like, oh, fuck it, this is mine. This is my process. This is my thing. And and like my belief, and I had a really beautiful mentor of mine who's Preston Smiles. He's just like, man, give it fucking all away. <laughs> like, give it all away, bro. Like, it, there's enough for everyone. And so one thing that I've realized is like, there's men that are going to be attracted to you and only you. 
and they're not going to be attracted to me because your beautiful luscious beard is going to be the thing that attracts them and they don't like my tattoos whatever it is but there's, there's this beauty i'm saying it in chess but there's a beauty of like some men are going to be drawn to different people, but there's so many people on this planet that we can all be of service, even though we're in the same place. And something that we mentioned offline is that we realize to give everything away because we also understand that we're all pointing in the same direction, which is helping humanity. Um, do you want to expand a little bit about what we spoke uh, offline, man, about what we mentioned about giving it away and like, people holding on to stuff? Yeah, man, it's like that for me is like if you – the thing that like this isn't exactly what I said, but this is what I want to say now. Like if you embody it, giving it away shouldn't fucking scare you. <laughs> yeah. If you live it, just giving it to someone else shouldn't fucking be a problem. And that's what I've learned because I've given I've, I've given it to people and they've done nothing fucking with it. I've given it and I've had people come in and do my courses and then go and try and run it, run their own course word for fucking word without asking me. And I, I would have yes. I would have said, bro, here's the fucking login. Go in and take the documents and, you know, t talk to me about what you need because I'd love to develop these more. Yeah. But uh, I've had, yeah, I've, I, I believe that if you embody it and you live it, no one can take that from you. Yep. And like you said, there's only one fucking Blaze Grinner. There's only one Jacob O'Neill. The people that are here to work with me will work with me. People that are here to work with you will work with you. And it might be at different stages, you know. Maybe someone will work with me and then a year later they'll work with you. And for me, it's like there is no finish line here. No. There is no finish line and, and the abundance piece, right? Like if we truly, you know, I, I, what, I, what I was drawn to you initially, bro, was your connection to spirit. That was what, you know, that's one of the sort of the values that I have when I, I connect with someone that I want to learn from or that I want to spend time with is like, how, how do they have a relationship with spirit? Yeah. And uh, if you truly embrace and embody spirituality, you must understand that there is an infinite field of potential where anything's fucking possible. 100%, man. 100%. Yeah, what I've noticed in that, um, notice some coaches not giving it all away and they hold on to some things is that, um, and I know I was like this very, like, very early, but I, I it was really beautiful because my mentor saw it in me. He's like, dude, hey, <laughs> you pretend to be someone you're not. Think that everything was mine. And so, like, Conscious Man Brotherhood was this movement I created. So it's blazes. And so I really bought into this identity that was mine. And what I realized with the help of my mentor is that, that all of the things that you teach, that I teach, they're not ours. We've adapted them. Like we've made them ours, but there's many different things. Like the way that I teach uh, values, it'd be different since, since um, like we worked together. Uh, but that's like from Jedi Azuma, Emil Stevenson, Joel Brown, Preston Smiles, and then my psychologist, Darren Peaks, and then brought in some of, um, fuck, the, the ways, David Data. And so that's now how I teach the on the code the value system. So there's like seven different mentors within that. But something that I've learned, and this is something that Jenny's passed on to me, because uh, if you those that don't know, Jenny Azuma, uh, was my very first mentor. Uh, he's got the Rising Man, and he uh, does a lot of uh, Native American traditions, Native American culture, and he taught me a lot of things about lineage and just uh, what I really feel is this that we've lost respect for eldership, and so. Well, we spoke about the men being out of alignment to compete to get to this thing. And I understand, like some, I've been men that have copied and, and, and literally just taken word for word stuff that I've done, even post-men. They've cut posts and then they fucking copied the exact same thing and just put their own thing in it. And I just remember texting, it's like, bro, you could have like at least changed a few words so it didn't sound like me, man. Like, like just fucking ask. But that, that respect, and I understand it's like that 
the, the this young bull, this really passionate young bull, just wants to help people and just, and wants to feed his family at the same time. Um, but it's like going doing it out of line with their values. And so a big thing that we teach within our work, man, is just making sure that we well, yeah, ask the permission. Like there's not been one person that I haven't that, that I've asked that has said no for me. Hey man, like my business coach Taki Moore, he teaches a, a content creation plan for the 30 days. And I reached out and it was fucking dope, man. It's the best content creation plan. It's just so genius. And I reached out to him and his team. It's like, hey, man, I, I haven't seen anything this good. Um, the men that I help are fathers, but I actually have a couple of them that are, are coaches. Is there any chance that I can recreate and teach these guys this? Because it's amazing, man. He's like, yeah, man, 100%. Just give me a shout out. Beautiful. So the video, hey, this isn't mine. This is Taki's. But it's fucking dope. And I'm going to teach you my, with my version. And, and so just being able to, to do it like that. Um, and so I know we're smiling right now, but I, I, I know we spoke about this offline, but there's a couple of times um, why this hanging on and this, 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 this ulterior motive, like this, this, this energy, I, I know you'd be like this man when people reach out, you can feel the energy. Like, what does this person want? What is this convers- where is this conversation going? Um, and I, I really pick up on this when people message me to collaborate with me. And it's like, hey, man, I'd love to collaborate with you. And I'm like, okay, cool. What do you want to do? Oh, I'm not quite sure. And it's like, ah. And then after a few questions, what I realized is all they want to do is tap into the community I've worked really hard to to bring together. And they just want to piggyback off the things that we have done. And so and that's one way when they ask for to collaborate that way. But another way that's it's gotten underneath my skin is some men will come to the retreat or they work, work with us and they're coaches as well. And they'll come inside this community um, that men have paid thousands of dollars to be in there and then caught, like DM these people and try and get them to work together with them. And yeah, the truth always comes out. And so, yeah, my, the community messaged me. He's like, hey, bro, do you know such and such? And I'm like, yeah, why? What's up? Oh, man, this dude's trying to fucking get me started for his program. I was like, awesome, man. So stand true in your values and, and, and call the spade a spade. And so I've had a conversation with that gentleman a couple of times. And it's just, yeah, man, it just, it's, it's not landing, man. Have you had that experience with, with the work that you're doing, man, of like men coming in and just trying to take what you've created? That to me is like, if you want to take something from me, tell me to my face, like, I ain't got time for this drama bullshit. Uh, this isn't home and away, bro. This isn't fucking home and away. And one of the biggest things is just like, oh, they haven't realized that this, you know, you've got to earn your fucking stripes. Yeah. And a big part of, I, I think one of the main things with, with men's work is understanding respect. And you can, like I've done deep work around my lineage and I've gotten angry at my dad, angry at my mom. I've done all the fucking, you know, all the things that they did wrong. But then I was actually able to go beyond that and start to focus on what are the good things that I've come from? And then like, you know, I pay homage to you so many times from the, the when I did initiated, there's some things that I, you know, that I, I'll, I'll share in passing. I was like, oh, I picked this up a couple of years ago working with Blaze. Or I learned this on Blokes Venture. I'll say, you know, I learned this sitting in ceremony with, with this guy or I've learned this from David Data. I learned this from John Wineland. Um, learned this from Jesse Itzler. You know, I've got his calendar up on the on the wall here and I, I tell yeah. everyone to go get this calendar and I run them through his, his like year plan. And I say, listen, this isn't mine. But I, you know, and I, I'm like, I'll, I'll like send them like, you have to go and follow this guy because he's valued. But yeah. for me, the guys that don't understand that and normally the guys that are the most in, insecure as well. 100%, man. And I think for me, 100%. like what I do is like approach it with a level of like, how can I be the loving, I don't want to say father, but how can I be the loving brother archetype 
that calls them out but doesn't push them away. Yeah, it doesn't shame them into like you're you're a naughty boy yeah. rather than shows in the live like, oh man, yeah, hey, there is a different way. And yeah. if they choose to fucking run from me, I can't, I'm not gonna chase you. Like I've had lots of guys yeah. that don't want to have that conversation. But when the guys do stand I'm like, hey bro, I got a I got something that I need to speak to you about and I'm gonna be really fucking direct. Is that cool? Yeah. Hey, this 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 behavior, it, it's conflicting with the values of the community, the values that I hold, and it's not fucking on. Yeah, give man. me, give me, give me, give me some more information, man. Tell me where this is coming from. Yeah. And I'll have that, you know, I'm not, conflict has been something that I'm, I'm, I'm learned in. I wasn't something that I was very comfortable in for a few years, but now I'm just like, I got, I got a fucking wife and a dog and I want to have kids and I want to fuck, I want to buy my own house and renovate. I want, I want all that shit. That's not going to happen if I'm fucking playing home and away in the DMs with you, bro. Like, let's get this out on the, you know, let's get this out. And if you're not willing to have that conversation with me, then it's just a strong no. That's a boundary. hundred percent, man. And then all that leaky energy, man. Imagine all of that stuff. It's just, it consumes, man. It takes up energetic real estate. Um, and it, it's, it's beautiful, man. There's a couple of men that I've had a conversation with. It's like, hey, the same as you, man. It's like pre-fam. like, hey, man, just got something I just want to get off my chest and be pretty direct. You open for that? Yep. Have the conversation. I remember this one man is like, oh, bro. I actually had a feeling not to do that because it felt like it was wrong and that you would actually be upset. I'm like, cool. Why would I be upset? Oh, because I think it goes against your values. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, awesome. So I did actually describe that this respect piece is like, so I'd like, because sometimes people don't know, which is on me. Like I, don't, I haven't actually articulated my values correctly or they haven't heard it in such a way. Um, but yeah, man, it was, it was cool. I was like, awesome, man. So we're good then. It's like next time. Yeah, man. All good. I've, um, um, I've been called out too, like where I fucked up and it's like, oh, and, and the ability I have to own it is fucking awesome. Uh, two, two quick stories around that. Like at the gathering of men, yeah. the ending ceremony kind of didn't land the way I wanted. I, um, like my dad was there and he came out and honored me and I got like, had this really beautiful moment with him. And I forgot to actually say thank you to some of the OG facilitators. And it fucking, for someone who loves to celebrate others and to be so deeply celebrated and witnessed by 150 men being embraced by my father, like him, like saying, you know, I, I get it. I get why you do what you do was fucking beautiful. But because I was so in it, I completely lost the frame. And, you know, I was sitting around the fire the next, the, the night after everyone left and, like one of my OG bros, Dino, was like, yeah, man, like, and he just spoke. He's like, yeah, like it was it was really hard to not be honored for the work that I put in over the last four days and leading up to this. And I was like, fuck, man, you're right. That was not okay. And it sucks. And I remember just like, I had to feel it. I had to feel the yep. the, the grief. And I was like, yep. fuck, man, like how of all, and then I went into like shaming me and he came over. He said, bro, don't do that. Do not yep. fucking do that. He said, you made a mistake. I'm good. I just you. I just need you to know. Don't fucking turn this on yourself. And he came yeah. over and we just hugged it out. And I was just like, "Fuck, man." They're the, like those kind of men around me that can like love, be lovingly direct, and then also pull me up before I start to play victim. Are fucking awesome. But a hundred percent, man. That's the that's the men I want to surround myself with. Um, how, so moving forward, man. I had something similar happen to me. And so I think that me and you are the similar is, um, I'm not sure about the gathering men, but uh, the way that we run BV, you've seen is that if you, if the facilitators aren't part of the process, they get to give the gift and have the medicine of doing the healing of, of the work. Uh, and so you guys are the same? Yep. Yep. Correct. 
And so, yeah, like if we're in it and we're in the work, like your dad come up and you're getting fucking this love, man, and then you forgot a facilitation piece. What have you put in place now so that doesn't happen again? Yeah, we've got a leadership team now. Yeah. You know, we've got we've like got the concentric circles. It's like, okay, well, it can't just be me and facilitators. It's me who I'm going to bang the drum and be the founder and all that sort of shit and do do my thing. And I'm not going to hide from that. I'm going to be humble but able to celebrate myself for, for leading the way or lighting the torch. But now we've got a leadership team that's in charge of the schedule. Yep. And, and then they have the understanding of, okay, these are the processes that we're running. We've got a leadership team for each of the processes. So it's not all on one person to remember every single thing. Yeah, man. Fuck. Yeah, and that was when I realized that, yeah, I want my own business, but I don't want to be a solo entrepreneur, bro. I want to do, I want to work with guys. I guess I don't know whether I want to sit in an office and work all day, but I do want guys that I'm working alongside that are drawing, you know, we're all drawing an income from, from, from something that has meaning in our lives. So that's really the biggest shift this year that has had me slow down to speed up is that we're, we're building out a whole business structure that affords me and the leadership team to build something that will secure us, you know, in the next five to 10 years to be a really an awesome force in the men's work, in the greater men's workspace. Fuck yeah, man. Beautiful, bro. Yeah, something that we uh, work through. So after our retreats, we sit down like you guys and decompress what work well. We actually do it now. Um, we used to do it at the end of the three days. Yeah. We do it after each period now. So yep. in real fucking time, we're doing it like straight, like each break when everyone's eating or water and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, one of the things um, that we, we worked through as a team was that some of the men didn't feel safe enough to speak up if someone else was facilitating. And so just to squash that, it's like, hey, man, jump in if we've forgotten something because we're really like you guys, really tight with an itinerary um, and the delivery and the outcomes. And sometimes, yeah, we're in it and it goes in tangents, you know. Uh, but that was something that we implemented, like jumping on top. Yeah. Because, yeah, man, I forgot, to, I, I forgot to fucking take the property owner before, bro, and I went up in tears. Like, I'm so fucking sorry. Same as you, man. I got caught up in it because I thanked all the women that were there. There was this one honor ceremony. There's so many females there, man. I just told all the ladies and these uh, wives and partners and girlfriends that they could just let the let their men go now. Like they're in a brotherhood, and that all these women been holding so much, man. This whole room just starts crying, and so it's just holding space for that, and then forgot about everyone else, man. And it's just afterwards, same thing. It's like, oh fuck, Shell, I am so sorry. <laughs> it's, it's right, it's done. I'm like, if I ever happen again, and so like I got these check boxes and look at the team, like, hey man, if I fucking forgot to thank anyone, that's. Uh... Such a, and, and I think that's like the true embodiment of the king archetype. You know, we all, we all have a king in us, but like I have some guys that really play the, you know, I'm a, I love the magician, but like for me, like that, my bro Dino, he's someone that's ro rolled with me since the big, since my first retreat. What I have now is I have this, this statement that we have, which is a, a, a non negotiable in it, as often as you need to say it is like, Brothers, is there anything that I've forgotten or is there anything else that needs to be added to this to make sure that there's an even more powerful experience for the men that are about to step into this? Yeah. Is there anything that I've forgotten? And it's like, yep, you've forgotten this. Hey, you've forgotten that, you know, actually, when does this start? It's like, fuck up time. <laughs> that, or or yep. with that you know, honoring, it's like, yeah, I think once again, it's men's work and the more we can honor the circle of leadership, then the more we can honor the, the full circle of brotherhood. So, man, that's... um. A big one for me. And the other quick one was like, I had a guy reach out recently who I ran men's groups out at Ipswich. And I think it was just before COVID, I kind of just dropped, dropped off. I just stopped doing them and I didn't really communicate with anyone. And he messaged me. So I've got something that I need to 
know, meet up and chat with you about it. I was like, nah, bro, just send it through here. I, I trust it. Just be direct with me. If you need to say something, say it. He's like, yeah. He's like, I helped. He's like, that men's group meant so much to me. And when you just didn't keep doing them, you didn't, you know, let me know. I just hated you for that. It's like, I felt so angry and I just felt so abandoned. I was like, fuck, man. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that yeah. feedback. Like, I didn't communicate that we were stopping. I didn't say that there was, I didn't have the, the, the I wasn't financially viable to come out and keep doing it. Like, I didn't have yeah. enough energy. I had other things that needed my time, but I didn't communicate that. And I think that's like, I believe our ability to give feedback is directly correlated to our ability to receive it. And the better I get at receiving it, the better I am at giving it. And man, I just better say, celebrate your, uh, your leadership too, man, because for someone to be able to feel that they can approach you is really valuable, man. And so like to be able to like give you feedback because uh, there was some feedback that I got when I first started coaching with Preston in Man Cave. Uh, we'd go through this process, the feedback sandwich, I think that we did. And the ineffective feedback was there was none. And so I was, how the fuck can I have no ineffective feedback? So I put myself so high on a fucking pedestal that men felt awkward to actually give me some feedback and call me forward. And so it was this like, hey, man, humble myself. Get the fuck off that perch, bro. And like start revealing more of yourself. Stop just being a coach that's this like preaching. Start being like more of your journey and like what you're being with as a man and processing. So that was some really good feedback, man. And something you said too, man, about um, the little homages that you pay, that comes back, man. So like I hear X, Y, and Z. So, oh, man, um, Jacob said like Jacob. And it's just like. And it's been from many men. It's just really beautiful to hear, bro. Like men will come to my stuff, come to your stuff, and that vice versa. Because um, yeah, I, and like there's a few men that I speak in high regards about, and just about how, um, like especially for you, man, you like really grab things by the horns and fucking run with it, man. Just fucking relentless in that pursuit, and you bring a lot of people with you, man, which is just beautiful man that's like real leadership but real leaders create leaders man not fucking sheep yeah man like if we circle back to that me losing my fire when i was young like the the thing that really cracked it open was you know not only your retreat but when we were in, initiated i was real pissed off at everyone because everyone wasn't doing all of the work on time right according yep. to my schedule right i'm i'm, yep. I'm telling everyone and i'm like we've all got to do the work and be and like I'm in there with guys, I'm 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 in a relationship, I'm renting, I don't have fuck all responsibility. Right? I'm in there with guys with kids, full time jobs, all these other guys got like they've got they've got shit on, and I'm fucking judging them, and I'm telling them that they and I'm feeling it. And I remember messaging you, and you're like, "Well, go in there and fucking say it, bro. If you if you're feeling it, go in there and say it." And I remember getting in there, and I just blasted the space, and I felt like such a fucking. I was just through a fucking massive tantrum, and told everyone that they're fucked and that they need to hurry up and everyone's holding me back. And the beautiful thing that, you know, you allowed me to, that space to just express and really lose my cool and become a fucking brat and really act immaturely. And you came in and you so gently reminded me of my own leadership, reminded me that, hey, there's, and I remember you saying, it's like, there's no traffic on the extra mile. If you want to go fast, no one's fucking stopping you. This is your journey. I had a massive realization of like, oh, Jacob, you get to challenge yourself. This is your path. No one else can walk it for you. And I remember that being one of the first moments where like my call it dark masculine came back online. I was like, Jacob, are you going to go out and get what's fucking yours? No one's going to take it until you, yeah. And that was a huge realization for me, man. Massive realization around competition, comparison, um, blame, uh, and then really coming back into like, am I willing to execute the things that I'm here to do to create the life that I'm here to live? 
regardless of what anyone else is fucking doing, regardless of how successful or unsuccessful anyone else is, can I actually stay focused on my path? Yeah, man. Uh, something that I've written down here and you just nailed it is like, who, who, do you compete against, who do you compete against the most? And like you just mentioned, it's like fucking myself. Because up until that moment, it was like, fucking blame everyone that's around me. Fuck it. Like, okay, like let's fucking go. And in high, like, uh, like reflection, you have a look at where you're at, what you've created, the men that you impacted, and the volume that you're doing it on with the other men that are in that program. And so it's like there's that, um, that saying around, like, don't be the smartest person in the room. And so, yeah, at that time, man, it's just you're the most relentless, driven fucking person, and that fire was ready to go, man. Uh, yet some people didn't match it. And so, yeah, man, just like, yeah, that extra mile. And then you, you flew, man, and still fly. Yeah. And, and it feels like you only just taken off, man. There's big things coming. Um, so let's come back to in, into this. I really love that discussion you were having around the difference between value and self-worth. And so something you, you've mentioned is that like winning won't make you feel worthy. Uh, let's, let's tap a little bit more into that if you can, bro. Yeah, man. Like I always, I thought love was a currency, man. I thought love was this, this, this economic game that I had to, the, the harder I worked, the more I got. And the more love I got, the better I felt. But this is what I've, <laughs> I've said this to a guy yesterday or the day before. I was like, we set this, this goal, right? And we then like, we let our insecurity or our not enoughness drive us to get that. So we feel worthy. It's like, I'm not worthy until I've got the thing, right? And now I've got, and then work hard. We drive hard. Everyone's celebrating. Oh, look, you're such a hard worker. Look at the work ethic. Oh, you're doing so well. And then you get the thing and then you've got it and you might get three or four breaths. Of, of relief and then after that all of a sudden you think fuck i don't want to lose this now so the insecurity that was driving you to get there it just rears its head again and says hey what happens when you lose this what happens when you don't next year you don't get this again you get something less maybe you need to get something better next year so like you might have a moment of relief you might it might feel more like a checkpoint and that's where i realized that i was like if my worthiness is determined by the things that i do I am going to be forever chasing the love that outside of me that needs to be coming from within. Yeah. So um, with that, man, so the list, the, some men might be listening right now. It's like, oh, I sort of get what you're saying, Jake, but then, well, how do I derive my worthiness? Where do I get that from? So for you, man, how do you, how do you find your self-worth? How do you, where, is there a tangible thing that you do? How do you cultivate your own self-worth? For me, it's acceptance of where I'm at. Like it's deep. It's like I am. I am where I am, and that's okay. And I start there. It's like what has happened has happened. What is coming is coming. But right now, I'm just going to be here. I'm yeah. here. It's okay yeah. to be. It's Jacob. It's okay to be renting us at 34. Jacob. It's okay to not have a brand new Hilux right now. Jacob. It's okay that you don't. You know that you haven't. You know you haven't been good with your tax just yet. You, you're getting better. At it. Jacob. It's okay that. You know, it's okay that you've, you know, you've, you, you're, you're this. It's okay. It's okay to be here. And then once I sort of arrive here, it's like, oh, okay. My worthiness isn't about out there. My worthiness is my resistance to being with myself. It's just like, fuck, man. Like, and that, that has been the biggest fucking lesson for me is to like not let my worthiness be determined by anything outside of myself. And that 
one of the things that I get get guys to do is I get them to like write down everything outside of themselves that they hold, you know, they hold, that holds value to them. And then I get them to slowly, I'm like, okay, cross one off. Okay, cross another one off. Okay, cross. And I get them to cross them all out until there's just their name left at the top of the page. Just like, now you're left with yourself. Now what? It's like none of that, you know, all of that, all of that, you know, you met the reality that I come back to. And I don't know whether this is just pessimistic or I was like, Meg could fucking get hit by a bus tomorrow. You know, this house could burn down and all my, all my sacred items could, 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 could fucking be gone. And I, I learned this too. Um, I've become a marriage celebrant. I went and got my celebrancy. So yeah, yeah, bro. Yeah. Um, after getting, after, yeah, did, did a few little ceremonies for people. I was like, I want to do this officially. So, but I did a friend's wedding and all of my stuff got stolen from the creek, from the creek next to the venue because I left it all down there while they were getting photos. And then I just didn't go down and get it until after dark. And some of my most sacred items that I've been collecting for the last seven years from the mountains of Peru, Guatemala, fucking all across Australia, like all of my, these sacred items that I've been collecting in my, were in my backpack. All of my notebooks with all my poetry and my, my musings of, but the book that I'm writing got stolen and I had to be okay with letting all that go. And it was an identity that existed outside of myself. It was Jacob, the guy who'd been to Peru and collected these things. It was Jacob, the guy who'd been up North and collected this. It was Jacob who had written this poem and Meg really liked it. It was like, none of that actually is who you are. Yeah. And for me, that's the kind of the, the thing that, you know, my worthiness was has been with me since I since I started, since I came to Earth, and it's the thing that is unchanging. It is it cannot become more or less because worthiness is worthiness. It's internal. It's 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 your it's the essence. It's the primordial nature of the soul. And when I remember that, and that's the foundation that I start from, then I can cultivate value. And my value mm. is what I deliver to everything outside of me. Yeah, man. That's something I get men to do is when the fog's in the road, because the worthiness is always there, you know what I mean? It's yeah. the fog, but you know, it's just yeah. the fog and the, and the lenses. And so is to reflect because we're like a lot of the time when there's this lack of self-worth of like, I'm not good enough, I don't deserve enough. And there's this anxiety of the future. Like I have to do more, I have to be more, I have to do. And it's just it, always this projection. It's like so much stress. It's just like, just take inventory and just reflect, man. Like have a reflection of the last six months of what you actually have done, what you have achieved, especially all the fucking little things. Like um, we did it recently within the MindFit gym. And it's like for the dads that have got new babies, how many, how many times a week have you taken the baby for a drive so she, the baby or the boy or girl can have a sleep so that mum can get some rest? You're not going to get a fucking pat on the back for that. But that's something you fucking did. And it's like all these light bulb moments. Like, fuck, man, I've done so much. And then upon this massive big list, it's like, bro, you're doing okay. Like you're doing really fucking good. You know what I mean? Um, and so sifting through that, builds that like the fog, lifts the veil. And then like you said, from that place of realizing like, fuck, me, just me is enough. Being fucking me. I don't need to do anything other than just be fucking me. That's all I have to do. And then we can start from that place because there is no scarcity anymore. There is no comparing to fucking others. There is no competition. I just get to be me and I can go add value into this world. Um, with that value, man, look, this, I, this is a complete random 
thing. Uh, what's some advice that you could give for men that uh, they're really hanging on this conversation we're having right now that may have lacked some worthiness? We've given a few tools that come back to that reference point, realize that, hey, man, you're fucking enough exactly where you are. They get to this realization, well, fuck. Well, well, what value can I put out into the world? Because I know that there's the crossroads I've been at before. Maybe you've been there. Uh, what's some advice that you could give to this men of like, how can you add value from the place of like, I'm enough into the world? That is from a place of like, it's not going to be counterintuitive of like feeding our ego and identity, but how can someone uh, add value into the world? Um, that is just from that place of like, I am enough, I'm worthy. Tell your story. That's like, that's the best place to start. Yep. One of the things I'm, I adore is storytelling. Yep. And, uh, I don't know if like the, the, there's like uh, one of these uh, North Amer- uh, Native American proverbs about the four ways to connect is stillness, storytelling, dance, and singing. And for me, like those four things are my, they're my fucking guidance system. Hey, eh? like I, I love those. Yep. Those things mean so much to me. But for men, quite often, once you reflect, right, like you said, reflect on the last six months, you can start to, you start to become aware of your story. Okay, now let's reflect on the last year. Okay, let's reflect on the last five, ten years. Okay, let me reflect on my childhood. Okay, let me reflect on my entire life. Yeah, man. The the big thing we reflect to is reflect, not regret. Yes, yes. It's like there's this, this big this big loop that men can get caught in is like when they do reflect, they regret these things. Yeah. And they really get caught into these things, especially in childhood and adolescence and teenagehood that they they feel that their story has refined like defined them and they feel it's like this really finite thing um what you're saying man, i think it's really fucking powerful bro like just embracing your story and if we can realize that those things in our past don't define us because we have this innate wisdom that we can change on a fucking dime but we don't have to be the member we were six years ago six months ago six weeks ago six minutes ago six seconds ago if we want to change we have that ability um and the if you feel that your past is defining you right now, it's because it's still stuck within your body. Yes. So that story, that trauma, that experience, whatever it was, whether it's heavy, adverse, magical, triumphant, whatever it was, if it's still defining who you are, it means it's still in your body. So your journey or your invitation would be to feel that and get it outside of your body so that your nervous system isn't jacked when you talk about it. There isn't this seeking of validation for daddy's approval, like with my approval of the pats in the back from the, 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 the public. Um, and that then that way it's, it's out and then it becomes our, our story. Uh, we've got an overnighter. So this, this, uh, this uh, episode is going to come out in a couple of weeks. So uh, this Saturday we've got the blokes venture overnight. So a 24 hour event called the vision. And one of the processes we do um, is we call it his story. So we spell history, his, capital H-I-S, and then story. And so what the men have to do is, uh, after the opening ceremony, is the introduction. Because like if we go to a barbecue, if we go to these things, the conversation is, hey, man, how are you? What's your name? What do you do? I don't give a fuck what you do for a living, man. Like I care, but I don't give a fuck. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. It's just superficial. I want to know your depth, man. I want to know your story, like you're saying. And so, yeah, we get the men to go in the bush for 15 minutes. 
and they've got to come up with the five trajectory changing moments in their life. If they were to put a 40,000 foot view up from their birth to where they are right now, what were those five moments in your life that changed the course of your life to get you exactly where you are? Um, it's dope, man. It's so good. And it's this, and again, this isn't mine. This got gifted to me from a, a Dr. David Hendry, um, chiropractor. He's a facilitator in BV. Um, and there's a, we, we stack this, this process. Um, and so the men come back. And so their introduction to everyone, they get six, six, uh, 90 seconds. They get a 90-second version of their story, man. And the depth and the juju and the essence, like you can fucking sense who this man is within 90 seconds of him just embracing his story. So, yeah, man, that's really beautiful. And I really feel like the, the art of storytelling is almost lost. And so it's 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 really a beautiful process, man, because a lot of these men have a fear of public speaking. They, they've never spoken openly about their story and they, and they feel like that their story is going to be the only one and the, the only pain that they've experienced. And it's so cathartic for these men when they realise, oh, fuck, man, my story is like these other people or the pain that I thought that I endured is fucking nothing with half of these men that they've, they've faced in their life and they're still showing up. Um, yeah, right, man, right. beautiful. Yeah, right. We did um at 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 Tegum at the Gathering of Men, we did uh, Claiming Your Manhood, which was one of the uh, last sort of processes that we did before the final day where we did a bit of a like a celebration and a bit of fun sort of stuff. And 150 men in a circle, bro. We put the mic in the middle and every man had to walk in and had 60 seconds to just express his man, like claim it and express it. And yes. dude, it was the funnest, most beautiful thing. And every man was like, I've never spoken in front of men. Like I've never spoken on a microphone before. I've never stood in front of that many people and said what I wanted to say. And hindsight, we definitely need to do some framing and some of that fucking like... <laughs> Land the plane. <laughs> Because I a few times had to step in. I was like, okay, guys, you're stepping in to claim your manhood. And guys, I was like, this isn't a philosophical um, lecture. Like, this is your words, remember? And, like, guys are getting in there and just fucking, like, giving us the fucking the sermon, which, uh, like, I just had to embrace. I was like, this is loose. It went for a yeah. couple of hours longer than it should have. But yeah. what came of it, man, was these guys speaking from their heart. And like you said, I, I you know... I respect what you do, but I also don't give a fuck. It's it's not important to me. Yeah, and um, 100%. that I'll, I'll learn that down the line. But right now, like I just want to know, I want to know you, and the way to know someone is for them to ha- be able to tell their story, but not from a place of wounding of like I'm the victim of like this is what I've endured and this is what I've been capable of creating since you know from 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 this this life that I've lived. And yeah. fuck, man, like storytelling for me is one of the probably the way that I communicate most. And the way that I, you know, and it's the way that your legacy lives on. 100%. This is how we, you know, I one day hope to tell stories of fucking Blaze Grinner and the Blokes Venture team instead of fucking Thor and Odin. I want to tell, I don't want to talk about the gods. I want to talk about extraordinary men that did things that inspired me that I can tell my sons about, that I can tell my grandsons about. Like, I don't want, you know, all of that, you know, mythical stuff is great and I'll continue to, you know, tie those threads. But I want to tell them about my, my first boss, Tony Lancaster from Super IGA, who was a, who was a man of deep, deep humility and deep, deep service to the community. And I want to tell them about how I learned my work ethic from him. This is like- 100%, man. 100%. Like the, the two foremen that I had, man, when I was young, in my 20s, that they were, they were in their 70s, like 60, like, oh, they should have been retired. And they were both alcoholics. And, one, and both of them have said to me, mate, just remember that this is just fucking work. It's just a job. 
my daughter's turning 21. I don't even know who the fuck she is, man. I've, I've missed the fucking boat. You don't have to. To have these men inside construction tell me that, I'm blessed, dude. Like, so blessed at such a young age. Like, 100%. Like, going to be t- – like, that wisdom, like, 100% I'm telling my kids that, but it got passed on to me. On a, and, like, so – if you're hearing this and you are a boss, just remember that like these young people, man, we're, we're mentors, we're guides. And um, the beautiful thing with stories too, man, is that um, when we story tell, the people can paint a picture in their own mind. And I think that's the beautiful thing of like when we can tangibly tell a story and people can grasp onto that, it really retains. And the really good storytellers can hold people, can captivate people. Um, there's a post I put up today and it was uh, the, the my bee in my bonnet is when coaches just regurgitate their knowledge, not, not share their lived wisdom, which is exactly what we're talking about right now is like fucking don't just keep preaching. <laughs> like like actually what what's your story how did you get through that what did you do what was what was your essence like that and i think that's where our world is right now too is like the the, the global consciousness is like it's it's rising man we're up a real it feels like we're at the heart chakra right now that like the solar plex was the past like our parents was like very logical black and white psychologist psychiatrist fucking by the textbook whereas now people want to hear fucking stories man they want to hear fuck experiences like and have experiences that they can actually something to grasp onto you in the here. And I think that we're really starting to wake up. And I really feel this is why men's movement is really uh, a big part of that, bro. I really feel that, that men are coming back into their hearts and their stories and claiming their manhood and their purpose on this planet is super fucking important, man. Bro, and like the framework that I give guys, just so if the, this could be valuable for anyone listening, is the way that I frame things to really like hit the, the points is, there's a concept, there's a story, and there's an action. So the concept is going to help you understand something intellectually. The story is going to crack open your heart. And you're going to feel that relatability. And the action yep. is going to give you the opportunity to embody. Yeah. So it's like those three things. If you factor that into uh, a share, or if you factor that into if you're going to teach something, or if you're being invited to talk to someone, or if you have someone come and ask you something, for me, it's like, oh, yeah, sexual polarity, the masculine and the feminine. Oh, I used to do everything for my partner and I used to just give her everything that I thought that she needed. And I'd always say yes, because, you know, a woman deserves everything. And she does. And then what happened five years into my relationship, Meg turned and looked at me and she says, I don't even feel you anymore. You just say whatever you think I want to hear. What do you actually think? And I had the first moment of like, I have not been owning or embracing my masculine energy therefore there's no attraction we're just laying side by side as fucking roommates yeah so that story creates a sense of feeling to the concept of sexual polarity so what i would then say is like so where are you not you know sharing your truth with your partner so this is here this is your invitation is hey no more nice mr nice guy like if your partner says something you don't agree with it don't agree with it or if she says something and you know that it's bullshit lovingly call her out hey lover it sounds like you're being a bit of a brat i don't think that that's right (laughs) and what we you know that's why i think storytelling is so important is because it adds texture to something that can be quite bland on its own 100 percent. especially for men especially for men i I believe yeah definitely man um so as we start to wrap this up man is um uh one thing that we were going to mention we just wrote down is that um in this in this competition and this challenge versus competition, a healthy challenge versus competition, uh, we, we also mentioned that um, that if someone is successful, 
that it can actually inspire us as well. And I know that both of us have spoke about, oh, I can see all of that. Do you want to speak into that, man, um, of like, so when you've realized, and I'll talk about myself as well, when, when we realize like, cool, I can see someone and I can feel myself start to compare there, how we get out of that and then how we can reframe that to see, okay, how does that success inspire me? How is that going to be beneficial rather than ineffective? Yeah, I, I realized that by by justifying someone else's success because they had better circumstances than me wasn't working. (laughs) And what I realized was that I get to be a student. I also get to be where I'm at and that other people being ahead of me doesn't make me less than. And what can I do to be inspired by that person? What can I look to them? Can I message them? Can I ask questions? And really what I understood was that I need to stop I, no, I, I need to stop judging and start becoming more curious. And it's like, fuck, blazers. You know, I remember when I came to Blokes Venture and there was fucking 45 of us and I, you know, I hadn't ever run a retreat before and I got there and I was like, saw Dan Poro, you know, I saw him there. And I was like, bro, I know, I know you. And I saw Matty Chisholm, I knew him. And I was like, oh, there's guys here. This isn't just blaze. This is like a whole brotherhood of guys leading this. And it, it like by me having the humility to come to your retreat and learn from you i didn't know i was going there to like learn all that sort of stuff but i went, i was going there because i was fucked i needed to be held because i was so fucking locked up emotionally but what i learned when i went there i was like oh this is something that i want to do this is something that i want to create and i'm inspired to create this in my own way and then that, that you know then I, you know, I started my men's my men's group that we'd gather every week and then we were doing that. And I was like, oh, now, now I'm ready to run a workshop. And I ran a workshop. And I was like, now I'm ready to run my first retreat. Okay, I'm running my first retreat. And all of these things just started to build. And if I hadn't have been inspired enough to like get curious, be like, hey, I want to I want to learn from you. Same with um, Lino Holler. Like I was in a business mastermind with him and I was asking him all the questions around how he built his stuff. And because he's such a stand-up dude, he just fucking, he said, here's, here's everything that I did and told me all of his story. And the more I was inspired by people that were, you know, a couple of steps, here it is. I am happy to be inspired by David Data, Tony Robbins, the guys that are leagues ahead of me. But maybe it's the guys that are maybe five or 10 steps ahead. They're the ones that I struggle to actually open up and be inspired by. That's it. So the fact that you were a year or, you know, a couple of years ahead of me, Lena was a couple of years ahead of me. I couldn't let myself be inspired by you guys because you were the ones that actually had the probably the information that I needed to get to the next step. Whereas I could look at David Data, Tony Robbins, um, all the big guys and be like, oh, you guys are great. I can learn from you because you're so far ahead. There was a level yeah. of separation that kept me safe from the actual work. Yeah, man. Yeah, 100%, bro. The, um, that curiosity piece is, is what we, I was talking about too, with like that, that feeling piece of like, you can, I can definitely feel, I feel that you could do this as well. Is like when people are genuinely fucking curious and they want to learn, like I, I, I'm happy to fucking disclose everything, man. But when that undercurrent's there, it's like, man, just come out. Just say you want to fucking learn, man. Ask the fucking question. How did you fucking get there? Um, I'm the same, man. I did exactly the same with my businesses as well. And just had a really beautiful mentor with Preston. It's like, man, how have I done X, Y, and Z? How have I done that? I remember you reached out the other, uh, before uh, the, um, the gathering men about the youth and that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. hey man, this is how this is how I've done it, and I was like, and this is how we do it. And that wasn't mine. That I I rang and asked Pete, 
fuck, dude, how do I do this? And he's like, this is how we do it. And so it's just passing and just sharing that knowledge, man, because we understand that there's abundance and that, um, uh, that we, yeah, there's enough for everyone, man, that we can just share it all, share it all, man. That, that to me, like a, a good leader knows how to be, knows how to learn and like has the humility to ask people that have walked the path. Like that leadership for me is really, is, is humility and power is humility. I had a I had a session with a, a guy that does like primal movement. He's really helping me with my posture and learning how to like stand more confidently and walk with more power. And um, he was like, "What you know? What what does um, what does what does leadership mean to you?" I was like, uh, "Humility." I said, "Humility." He's like, "And what?" No, I said, "Power." And I said, "And how do?" You? And he's like, "He's like, try again." I was like, "Oh fuck, humility." And he's like, "Yeah, motherfucker." He's like a real rough guy. He's like. Yeah, someone that know is humble enough to know that they're not in they're not God, but is in service to God was like he's like that's fucking power. When you let it move through you and you don't think it is you, that's when you know it's not yours. And one of my favorite things um, to say from like all the ceremony work I've done is like it's all here for you, but none of it's yours. Yeah, and I just that says like that's I at the end of the day, bro. This laptop. You know, the headphones that we're wearing, this microphone, my body, it's all going back to the earth. It might take a couple of, you know, thousand years for all this plastic to fucking be, di- be digested. But like, it, it's, we're all going back to the earth, bro. And I remember that. And when someone asks for, you know, genuinely asks for something from me and is, is, is open and honest with me, like, that's just, it's natural for, for, it, want to, for it to want to flow from me. So. Yeah, yeah, man. Humility is like that word is, is, is a bit of a, it's kind of a guiding star for me as I, as I go through this next iteration of my leadership journey. Beautiful, man. I remember the, um, I used to like, uh, especially when I studied Buddhism, I'm not sure if you know that I studied Buddhism for three years. And then, so they would pray, man, and they'd like, like literally lay down. And I remember I'm not fucking bound to anyone. Like I was so fucking righteous that i was just like i'm not bound to anyone or anything um and then yeah just had the the beautiful direct experiences um so i had to become humble and had to have humility uh it happened we uh, we ran a sweat lodge in our last uh, retreat and so i sat in the the main seat with, with bobby uh, bobby was facilitating and it got super hot plus all the men's prayers and I felt, it felt like there's a wooden stick above me, man. And so it was so hot. And then I sit up and my ears were burning, man. And this, what we're talking about right now, kept coming up. And I was just like, I was just trying to staunch it out. Like, fuck it, I'm a man. I'm going to fucking sit in the heat. I'm just going to grind. And then, then spirits are like, humble yourself, dude. It's okay to drop your head and just be in ceremony. And I'd be like, just, just like that, man. And just all the pain went away. All of it. And then I and then I sit there and the ego start again. Oh, you fucking slouched over. So I sit up ah, and I just be going through this battle, bro. This battle. And then the the big realization was this stick. And, and there's a couple of times I'd come up and I'd do that. I was like, I could feel this stick. But what I realized, man, is um, and this is a tangent. Um, but yeah, what I realized is um, that sticks the bar. So the bar that I have for me, my standards, my work ethic, all that kind of stuff, and um i teach men to lower the bar there's so many men have their bar so high it's unattainable so they're just consistently just living day to day and i'm not doing enough i'm not getting enough um, i'm not being enough i'm not doing like all that kind of stuff so lower the bar smash it in the park and then stack things that way 
though that's something I've been doing for years and years and years and years. So that bar at that moment was my bar was so low that it was really attainable. And so for me, and like you, you're visionary, I have to have my bar set far enough away that it feels like it's unattainable and a really big challenge to get me out of fucking bed and get me excited, man. If it's too low, I don't want to play the game, man. And so it was really interesting as that transpired, what's transpired within the business, within the, everything. And yeah, there's got some really cool stuff coming up in 2024 because of the stick that wasn't really there in a sweat lodge. <laughs> so, do you, uh, I, I love talking. Do you get signs like that, bro? All the time, bro. I was sitting out, because we, sweat lodge is one of my favorite practices. So like, I'm deeply immersed in, in the, the medicine world, deeply immersed in the ceremony world. And that's where a lot of my, that's what, what I came through. And then I found men's work, which was kind of the beautiful marrying of, of my spirit and my structure. And it was, you know, it was like a beautiful understanding. But we, we've got a sauna out on our deck here. And I hopped in the sauna, man. And I hopped in there. I got my medicine drum and my rattle. And I just started like just drumming. Just boom, 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 boom. And like then the beautiful blue and black butterfly like flies past. I'm just like, fuck, man. Fuck. And then immediately this beautiful like long-tailed cockle like flies out in front of this beautiful bird i'm like fuck and then all of a sudden just a swarm of white cockatoos fly past i'm like fuck i'm like i have not been communing with spirit at all for the last since pretty much since since the retreat tegum in in october i was like i have not been relating with the thing that i am here in service to I have felt I've been struggling, man, so much. And like literally within the first five minutes of that sauna, like the the animal world just came to me and said, hey, we're here. Hey, would you like to have a conversation? Hey, is there anything you need from me? Hey, you don't have to do this alone, bro. Hey, like you've got big dreams. You've got a big vision. You're going to need some help. It's not about you. And I was just like broke down in the fucking sauna. And I was just like, I was just like, man, like I want it so bad. And the reasons that I do want it are right, but the fact that I put it all on my shoulders to do in a time frame that isn't really viable is not okay, Jacob. Like, you have every right to ask for help and support, and you have every right to take your time in building what you're here to build. Yeah. And like you said, man, that bar, like, I'm constantly, man, everything in my life feels like it's a fucking metaphor. Hey, everything feels like there's some kind of sign or message coming to me. And after that sauna, I was just like, don't forget to ask for guidance. Don't forget to ask for like nourishment. Don't forget to ask. And there's like, ask for what you want. Ask, and like, oh, ask for what, oh, like you are deserving of everything that you desire as well. It's like, fuck, I'm not clear on what I want right now. The vision is clear, the big vision, but what do I want and need support with right now? Yep. And I was like, ah, oh, this is like a moment of grace for me. Almost like you said, like when you bowed your head, like even you like bow, like having to come down, it's like bowing, you're, you're in reverence to the smoke, the heat, which is the teacher's. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I give myself to you. It, it's okay. Like, yeah, I don't have to have it all together. Yeah. I don't have to fucking grind. Yeah. Um, and yeah, man, it was, it was profound. I'd come and, Coming out of the, there's a big share circle afterwards. So I was sitting there and I was just like, fuck, come on, Bobby, just wrap this up, man. And as soon as it finished, I just laid on the ground, man, and then I took off. Yeah. And then just, it was just DMT experience. I couldn't get up for AIDS. Everyone went for a swim. I was like, can I just have some fruit? And, and Bobby's come over, you okay? I'm like, yeah, bro, I'm just 
in it. And so, yeah, man, that, the 100%, that really landed, man, that story. Um, and I think this is going to land for a lot of uh, entre- entrepreneurs, a lot of business owners, a lot of men that are got big things to do on this planet, man, that are, that are leaders in their own forthright and they're, and they're doing adding value and impact to this world and doing so much uh, for humanity and, and impact that sometimes it is we need to stop and then just tap into that divine intelligence because when we do, man, and because a lot of, I know for me, I speak about my experiences. When Blaze has his blinkers on, I miss the fucking opportunity, that infinite, infinite potential we've just been talking about early in the potty. I just miss it all, man, and it's always fucking there. So if I can just like be in, in that both, in, in the clouds, in the heavens, in the vision with spirit, and then also structured in here in the, uh, not the mundane, but the humane, yeah, man, between both worlds, it's like we need to tap into that magician every now and again and ask for that guide to support and show me the way. Show me the next person. I need help with this. Put someone in front of me. Um, so, yeah, bro. Ah-ho, uh, ah Fuck yes. Uh, any final words, man, as we tune out? The the piece that just keeps coming back to me like, is like if you are here to be a leader, tell your story. That is the thing that will connect you to the people that can receive something from you of value and that is where impact starts fuck yes 100 percent. what i'd like to leave with is there may be some of you that are listening and uh really resonated with jacob's story about the extra mile um also uh the the phrase that i said about that if you're the smartest person in the room you're gonna go find a new room and i know that i've felt like that um, and so when I felt like that, I'd let go of, go of all my childhood friends and call in some, some people who are playing fucking big games. Um, and so those people that I've called in that are playing big games, uh, we are competitive. We have healthy challenge and we found an effective way because we know our values, we know our boundaries, we stay within it, all of them. We call each other forward to all of that. We share our information. We, we fucking want each other to win and be successful in all areas of life, not just business, but in our relationships, our friendships, our, our money game, our business game, impact, everything. And I share that with you because back seven years ago, I didn't think there was this, this place that I could belong and be surrounded by people that like sometimes I got to pinch myself. And, I, and sometimes it, like when, you, when, you're, when your bro uh, caught you, you started getting the shame cycle. Sometimes I'll be in these masterminds or these groups and I'm like, what fucking value do I have to offer these multi-millionaires? What value do I have to offer to X, Y, and Z? And, and, then, and like you're saying, I put them on a fucking pedestal and openly say that. And like some feedback that I've received is like, dude, if I could have this much of your heart, imagine how much better my life would be. And so just know that we all have a unique gift. Our stories matter. You matter. You are the center of your universe. And if you're the smartest person in the room, come find another room. And it, life can take off in monumental ways that you can't even fathom, especially when we tap into that divine intelligence. Um, so, bro, thank you so much. We could have kept going for hours, man. It's so good to see you and get to chat with you. Yes, bro. Um, for our listeners, uh, what we what we mentioned, man, is um, for anything that's landed, we love to leave footprints. Like you would know that um, as men, we walk this path and there's no man above, below, but some men are along the journey further than others. So men, women, children, anyone, if we just leave some digital footprints, some comments of like what landed for you, uh, if there's a struggle, reach it out, or put it in here and we can reach out and the team can support you with something that resonated. If you want to share this podcast, get Jacob's story out there, my story out there, and just the, our main intention for this podcast 
was to make conversations like this accessible because seven years ago when I was at the bottom of the fucking pit, I jumped on Google and like, and the only place that it sent me to was a psychologist or psychiatrist to get support for men. I didn't know there was stuff like this out in the world. So we're like, let's make this conversation, like put these conversations out in the world where men can realize like, hey, there is these everyday looking dudes that are fucking gangsters that are talking about all this stuff that I want to fucking talk about, but I just haven't found that tribe yet. So that's why we're putting the MyFit podcast out there to make this, uh, this kind of conversations accessible and this wisdom accessible for the everyday man to sink his teeth into. So yeah, leave those footprints, guys. Brother, thank you for being here. I deeply appreciate you and excited for you and Meg and your team and what you guys are going to be bringing in the future. Fucking aggro. Aho. Thank you. Welcome.